Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. On this week's edition, we talk Berlin Wall, Iranian precedents, assaults with vacuum cleaners, and an egg bowl proposal that would bring blood to the alleys of Bourbon Street. Seriously, how can't you listen to that? Welcome to the Yahoo Sports College Podcast. I am Dan Wetzel, joined today by Pat Forty. Pete is off working or something. It is up to us to pretend to work and do this podcast. I feel bad for Pete because he's going to have to do expenses. <laughs> I just spent my morning doing expenses. So I'm not in a good mood, Pat. (laughs) There's a special place in hell for whoever devises corporate expense software. It really is. It's a bad, bad thing. Yes, I spent $2.25 on a coffee. I'm sorry. (laughs) What was the purpose of this purchase? To drink the coffee. (laughs) Who were the participants in drinking the coffee? Who attended this coffee? I drank the whole damn thing myself. (laughs) All $2.25. <laughs> wow. Who goes into that line of work? That's unbelievable. I have no idea. No idea. I, I, I have gotten hung up a couple of times on hotel bills where I'm like literally 33 cents off and can't get it sent in because of the 33 cents. Yeah. So, yeah. One time I got, uh, I got flagged. I, I was staying in, uh, I was at a Baylor game and I stayed at the courtyard in uh, Waco and the rate was, I don't know, whatever, 200 dollars 250 you know it's a saturday night wake up and uh they go well the um you're you you stayed at two nights of a hotel because the average hotel rate in waco is like 68 dollars or something right (laughs) so you're you were over the average i'm like not on a saturday night and i'm like (laughs) not on a home football game no. Yeah, so is this big to do? And I was like, "Do you really think I've worked here all these years in an elaborate plan to steal a night at the <laughs> courtyard, Waco?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. She oh, that I'm gonna get flagged because I went to Knoxville and my hotel was two ninety. Yeah, I'm, you're dead. I'm, I'm doomed. Like, when I send that. you're right, I would have stayed at the Ritz Carlton, Waco, but they don't have one. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, enough of those people. If you're an expense person and you listen to the podcast, just clear the people through. They're probably not stealing. Yeah. The the, the room bottle of water that costs $4, <laughs> just wave it through. All right? They were thirsty. <laughs> all right, Pat. I uh, This is a week slate of games we got this week. Yep. 
Uh, so I'm going to already start looking way ahead. They say take it one game at a time. I will not take it one game at a time. <laughs> I will look ahead. I will risk it. The mega clash between Alabama and LSU and Baton Rouge. This is, season has lacked huge games. Well, here we are. And nothing says big games like celebrity conspiracy theories. Oh, do we love such things? James Carville, the political strategist. I think he worked mostly with the Clintons. Not a big political guy. Uh, I think he had like a CNN show, the bald guy. He is currently a professional in residence at the LSU Manship School of Mass Communication. He has long been a rabid LSU fan. I do know that. So rabid, in fact, he has really worked up and is waging a media assault like the old Clinton campaign war room in an effort to shame the SEC office into rescinding Tiger star linebacker Devin White's first half suspension against Bama. White was flagged for questionable targeting call against Mississippi State. Now he's got to sit out a half. This is a big deal. Wow. Carvel's been on Paul Feinbaum. <laughs> what, a, what a combo that is. Yeah. <laughs> he called into Jeff Duncan's radio show down in New Orleans. Uh, and he's even penned a rather dramatic letter to the editor. Letter to the editor, bad. <laughs> Old school, baby. <laughs> the Baton Rouge advocate got a letter. Their editor got a letter. And this thing is a gem, so I am just going to read it. Okay? Starts as this. I guess, dear editor, I don't know. As much as I try and forget 2016 for a number of reasons today. All right, we already got a <laughs> good, Trump good bash. Bashing good Trump line. right off the yeah. bat. <laughs> this has nothing to do with anything, but he's yeah. got to get that in. Today, a light bulb went off in my bald head. All right, self-deprecating humor. Let's go back to 2016. After Hurricane Matthew moved the LSU-Florida football game and more importantly revealed the latest evidence of the Southeastern Conference love affair with Alabama. I mean, there's a lot to unpack in that sentence. He's pulling the hard strings on the hurricane. <laughs> As I said then, quote, every LSU fan knows the SEC has literally been in the tank for Alabama the whole time and now add Florida to the list. It's like Nixon with his enemies list. <laughs> If there is any doubt, the SEC crew in zebra stripes made it clear Saturday night. The league is in cahoots with the Crimson Tide. Yes, it appears there is collusion. Not Russian collusion, Alabama collusion. After the botch targeting call, the SEC is presented with a rare moment to atone for past sins and put it to rest its prior affairs. It has an opportunity to take a stand for fairness and democracy. These moments in history are fleeting. This is about a football game. <laughs> a football game. It's LSU Alabama, I, Dan. I, we're we're going to get to that. He answers that. This is a very good letter. He answers my criticism. But, I mean, here we go. This is what we – if you don't think it's over the top yet, we've bashed a president. We've, I mean, we're the, his, the, the fate of democracy is hinging on this. These corrupt bastards in league office. I have to think back to June 12, 1987, when President Ronald Reagan stood at, in West Berlin and declared, Tear down this wall! To find a similar moment in time of our history. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
not over the top. No, he does it's not melodramatic. Yeah, not, not over the top. He, not not this podcast. Yeah. Nothing is over the top. Um, in parentheses, okay, I realize that LSU football is not as important as people living under tyranny, but it's close. <laughs> Here is his declaration. Rip up this suspension. He should have said Commissioner Sankey, but he didn't. It was a botch call, a botch review, and could forever cement the SEC's love affair with Alabama. Commissioner Greg Sankey, I repeat, rip up this suspension. Don't taint SEC football history with this skid mark of a decision. (laughs) You can't, I mean, using the word taint and skid mark in the same sentence. What are you getting at? What are you getting at? I don't know. No. Um, <laughs> first off, I don't really think you can taint the SEC football's history with anything. Uh, I mean, it is pretty much <laughs> littered with taintings. Yes. All right. Back to the letter. We don't need a recount. Nobody uh, was asking for one. We don't need an appeal. We need an old-fashioned showdown on November 3rd in Tiger Stadium between two of the country's top teams. In the name of all that is right holy and just in the world i beg sec commissioner greg sankey tear this abomination of a decision down now it is signed forever lsu and people think trump is the first president in history to be surrounded by unhinged lunatics with no concept of priorities right <laughs> what a letter oh, it's tremendous. what a letter uh pat yes Will this work? Will Greg Sankey, has he persuaded like any great statesman done? I mean, this is the LSU school of mass communication. It would be pretty awesome if Sankey did come out and say, you know, upon further reflection, after reading James Carville's (laughs) impassioned plea for common sense, yes, we are allowing Devin White to play. Yeah. Oh, gosh. The SEC office is in Birmingham, which is one of the reasons all the conspiracy theories ever started to begin with. But it would be burned down within five seconds if they overturned the suspension. <laughs> so uh, one one unhinged opinion does not deserve another one. It's it's not going to work. I hate to tell James, but it's a hell of a letter. You think the Bama fans would march on the on the office and and burn it down while yelling "Roll Tide"? Absolutely, like in broad daylight. Yeah with pride, and with police assistance. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt about it. I uh, I generally hate the uh, concept that, like, the league always is favoring one team. Right. You get this mostly in the NBA. Everybody thinks that the league hates their team. And so, you know, one guy makes a bad ref call, you know, was that a you know it's lebron coming down the lane like you can't tell whether it's a charge or a foul (laughs) like no you'd need instant replay for an hour to figure this out or like last year it started becoming in vogue that the nfl liked the patriots right which was even even two years ago the same season yeah the same season roger goodell suspended tom brady for a month and fought him to tooth and nail into federal court yeah then all of a sudden they're in bed with him yeah, because there's like a pass interference call. There was a 50, you know, well, maybe uh, maybe he did, Gronk did push off there. That's it. The pa- <laughs> It's the only reason the Patriots make the Super Bowl. Like, really? Is that it? Or is it because of Tom Brady and yeah. Gronk and all, you know, Edelman? Eh, I don't know. Belichick. 
Um, so I don't think that the league has uh, such is trying to f- fix uh, the game. All due respect to you, Mr. Carvel, because I don't need him writing a nasty letter at me. This guy <laughs> no. can bring it. Um, they're tough. He's tough. Uh, but that perception is out there, isn't it? Oh, for sure. It's out there. And I think you could probably look around. Every conference has got that perception about somebody. It's usually the best team because the best team always wins. And well, there's got to be a reason they're winning because they're cheating and because the league lets them cheat or whatever, you know, (laughs) but Alabama, the fact that the league office is in Birmingham, that's, that's long been out there and everybody can pick apart the schedule. Say, look, Alabama gets the easier schedule, blah, 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 blah. None of it's true, but it makes for convenient uh, conspiracy fodder. Really, Dan, if the if the SEC were thinking about this and wanted to cook up a conspiracy, you want LSU to win the game because that's the best way for the SEC to get two teams in the the college football playoff. Is if Alabama is a one loss team and somebody else is a one loss team. So. Much as I hate to say it to the esteemed Mr. Carvel, and I was on his radio show once where he was every bit a wild-eyed freak, as he sounds like in that letter. <laughs> it was very entertaining, but completely unhinged when it comes to LSU football. But, no, I hate to explain it to him, but if they if they really wanted to cook something up, hey, it would be in LSU's favor probably. Yeah, that that's the other one. Like, if, if the leagues are really, like particularly the NBA, they'd be trying to get everything to a seven-game series. Yeah. Right, because and it, it also like they don't really make more money with one game. The TV contract is done. Yeah, so it's like extending the series, or or you know, be like it'd be the NBA Finals, like San Antonio against Detroit, and they'd be complaining that the league office hated them, like, or you know, like yeah, if they hated you, you wouldn't have made it. <laughs> right, like this, <laughs> this this NBA Finals is getting no ratings. It would it would just be Celtics Lakers every no. year. That'd be it, right? No. Yeah, and that's saying yeah uh, they want to ascribe motive to his bang bang call. Well, I I don't think it was a very good call. Here's the reason the conspiracy theory can live in these targeting things though, because they go to review and the review goes to the league office, and all of a sudden, yeah. as we saw in the Pac-12, hey, funny things can happen. So this is kind of the situation they've created for themselves. You could never find though an independent like they could go to like an independent law office or something, but yeah. it'd be like. Somebody went to the school in the SEC, <laughs> sure. and then if they, even if they like, were like, we hired a, a law firm in like Portland, Maine, you know, it'd be like, yeah, but the, this clerk's <laughs> granny grew up in Pearl, Mississippi. That's right. <laughs> you know, they they would find something about them. Clerk's you know, granny no goes way. to Nick Saban's radio show every week. Yep, no doubt. We can- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, on a Facebook post three years ago, <laughs> one of the associates. Uh, you know, said roll tide or something. Yeah, you could never really find it. Um, do you do you think the SEC should move its league office out of Birmingham to like Atlanta or uh, I think they'd like to. I but I would like to if I were the league office. But um, I mean that Atlanta would probably be the closest thing you would get to uh, neutral ground. There's there's that's kind of the SEC's anchor now. Especially they've got the right. the, the championship game there. It would probably the be b- better to have it there, but. I think that perception is so ingrained. I don't think there's anything that would like moving the league office wouldn't necessarily change what people have been thinking for oh sixty years. I mean, Georgia's there, but it's yeah, but I don't know. It's big enough. It's like Chicago. I mean, I don't think anyone thinks the Big Ten is favoring Northwestern. No, if they are, they're not doing a great job of it. <laughs> so yeah. 
I don't. Does the S, Does the ACC have a league office? Do they even- <laughs> Greensboro. There's always that's. Remember they oh they favor out North Carolina there. Now that's a basketball yeah. bias, but it's it's North Carolina's the favorite there. It's usually Ohio State and Michigan in the Big Ten, uh, USC and the California schools in the Pac-12, Big Twelve, Texas. You know it's everybody's got they've everybody's got their favorite conspiracy theory of who's the favorite team. Yep. All right. Um, hey, I want to give an update on the hate. Still going on in Michigan. Still burning. Jim Harbaugh and Mark D'Antoni are at it. And I think this is going to have some lasting scars. And I love it, obviously. <laughs> A reminder, this all started Saturday when the Spartans did their traditional arm link walk. I believe Harbaugh's called it like stormtroopers. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Did he say that? I think he updated. I can't even keep track of the war of words going on. A week after the game, coaches are like, we're moving. We're only, we're on to whoever the Penn State. Hell no. They're still fighting last week. (laughs) This is descending into like the egg bowl. Like it's where that's all that matters. Um, Anyway, the Spartans are walking across the field. A couple of Michigan players were already out there warming up. Some head phones got knocked off. I mean, it wasn't even a brawl. Uh, You know, Devin Bush Jr. tried to scuff up the Spartan logo. No match to the horticulture wonders, horticultural wonders of the MSU grounds crew. Um, I, I was talking to our NFL editor Al Toby, who is a Spartan through and through, and he, his, he, I think he had the right take. He says they're both right. Okay, <laughs> like not both wrong. They're both right, which I kind of liked. Um, like D'Antonio's a like when they're marching across, they knew what they were going to do. Sure. They were going to bang into these guys. Yep. Um, And then Harbaugh, so that, you know, like, you knew what you were doing, but then Harbaugh's acting like they got run over by a tank. <laughs> you know, these poor guys. So that, like, you know what you, you know, you know you're overplaying this too. You're both, but no, this is not wrong. This is good. This is what we want. Um, Harbaugh is calling the Spartans classless and, and uh, Bush League and says this is a sign of D'Antonio's culture. Because D'Antonio had previously taken shots at Michigan's culture, oh, yeah. whatever the hell that is. Now there's like that's the, the the athletic departments are firing memo memorandums back, and at nine fifty two we were supposed to be on the field. I can't even. I love it. Endless amounts of drama on this. So, um, tell me how is everybody right? Is is Al Toby right? And everyone's right here because there can't be, you can't be wrong if you're hating your arch rival. You know, I I, I kind of like that take. Yeah, everybody's just playing to their own base, rallying the base, pointing the finger at the other side, and uh, why not? Uh, you know, it, it is funny the way both sides are trying to persuasively play the aggrieved party, but that's the, I guess the way these things work. That's what you see in Judge Judy's courtroom, Jim Harbaugh's favorite show, and now you're seeing Jim as either the plaintiff or the defendant here. I'm not sure which one, but uh, the the hilarious thing I. His analogy, he said, it's like bad the bad boys Pistons, where they throw the elbows and then all of a sudden you do something back and they flop. So I guess he is accusing uh, Michigan State of flopping, perhaps in the game itself. I don't know. But no, this is great. I mean, this cranks that rivalry up to 11. Uh, it's, you know, it's been good for the last several years. Really, D'Antonio, I give D'Antonio credit for really stoking the fire and by winning like eight out of 10. But now, hey, Michigan has responded in kind 
and got a win it needed. But it is, it's funny, we talked about this Sunday night, how Michigan has gone from 0 to 100 on the chestiness scale on this. Win one game, and now, ho, ho, big brother's back. So, look out. Yeah, they're they're back. But I, I think we're for Michigan State. They're all they're all bent out of shape that this big brother and that Michigan's trash talking. The worst part for this rivalry was when Michigan tried to pretend it wasn't a rivalry. Yeah. Right. And uh, we're, we're you know, uh, Michigan State, we kind of our rivals are Ohio State and Notre Dame. And Michigan State had no rivals other than Michigan. Like that was it. Right. Like the fact they're they're acting like Michigan State used to act and being petty and ridiculous and throwing shots and possibly getting distracted for the next game. I'm going to blow their whole season. <laughs> That's Michigan State's music, man. Absolutely, <laughs> you're singing our song now. No doubt. That I think it's good. You want your you want your arch driver bitter. Yes. You like, do. I mean, they're still Harbaugh's still like running like GPS pinpoints on that that fourth down <laughs> conversion at Ohio State. Like, he is a petty guy. Oh, yeah. Like, that's his thing. He fights with everybody. Yep. So, I think it's a good sign. I think this is good. It's fantastic. Bring it on. It's too bad Michigan doesn't play this next week because I, I would like to just see if they uh, – the fallout, you know. But they've got a week off and then they play Penn State. But no. Right, right. They had a week off, yeah. yeah but, but still, they're not moving on. Nope. A good pro- – Nick Saban's not doing this a day at later. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not. No, this is – this is Harbaugh wheelhouse, and we're getting back to the to the cocky Harbaugh that we had a couple of years ago when he it looked like he was maybe just going to come in and take the Big Ten by storm, and then they had the bad backslide, and and now here they here they come again, and here comes Jim again. Yeah, but they got to get past Penn State next week. All right. Um, speaking of of complaining, uh, Danny White, athletic director at uh, Central Florida, who's very good at this. He's very good, not at complaining. He may be. Uh, I've known Danny a long time. I've never heard him complain about anything else, but good at drumming up. Like he, he invented the national champs and, you know, good promotion for his program. I liked it. What the heck? You don't let us play. We're going to declare ourselves champs. Uh, Alabama's got like 73 national championships that are all BS, most of them. <laughs> so why not? Right. Minnesota has got like eight national titles or something. Yep. I don't think so. I don't believe Minnesota was ever a number one. Uh, anyway. This time he decided to take his ire out on the game day crew of all people. Uh, there was a debate on uh, ESPN's pregame show. And I think like Kirk Herbstreet dared to suggest that maybe Fresno or Appalachian State was better than UCF, Utah State, and more deserving of a New Year's Six Bowl. And so Danny uh, pounced on that with another letter. We have a lot of letters. <laughs> we do. They're not. I don't think they're ever sent via via postal service, unfortunately. But, uh, dear game day crew, I heard that on Saturday you debated UCF's now twenty game win streak, and this shouldn't be about all about UCF when talking about playoff eligibility. Okay, great backward backhanded slap. I heard. Yeah. I didn't watch. No, no, I don't watch no, your no. show, man. Uh huh. Busy, right? <laughs> I don't watch. Those I couldn't guys. agree. Yeah, I heard you talked about it. I couldn't agree more, he said. Uh, he goes on, college football is the only sport in America. It's not settled on the field. We need to fix that. Another exclamation point. I heard our winning streak was met with a comment of who cares? Exclamation point. What? Question mark. A lot of punctuation. <laughs> sports shouldn't be all about wins and losses and not the brand on the jersey. Or sports should be. Oh, I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, college football has become a subjective popularity contest. It's actually always has been. 
uh, blah, 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 blah. Then it goes on. The American Athletic Conference partners with ESPN. As such, we hope we can work together with you to fix a broken model. Will you join us? Uh, hey, get your letter out there. We're talking about it. A lot of people are talking about it. Um, good evening at college game day is what he wrote. Does he have a point, Pat? What What is this letter? Uh, I mean, I don't really think the game day crew is going to solve the issue here. He, he really needs to call his dad, who is the AD at Duke, and might have a little more juice and try to get the ACC to uh, go to an 18 playoff, which would help the ACC. Exactly. You're complaining to the wrong people about the wrong things. You are uh, confusing the what should be the target here. ESPN doesn't matter in this. I know everybody likes to ascribe, again, with the conspiracy theories that they're influencing everything. It's not to say people don't listen to them, but ultimately, yes, the framework of the playoff is the problem. And the framework was approved by the commissioners of all the conferences, including the American Athletic Conference. Uh, and they're the people that could change it. So that's where you need to be going here. Go to the ADs. Go to, I mean, Kevin White's as, as powerful an AD as there is out there, as connected, as longtime respected. He's at Duke. Uh, and to get them to talk to the the people in the power five about expanding the playoff as opposed to being mad about something Kirk Herbstreet said, or David Pollock said, or Desmond Howard said, I mean, that that's not going to solve the issue. Here's the, but here's the other the big problem. I mean, look at the strength of schedule. I, I, I'm a central Florida fan. I admire what they've done. I love Mackenzie Milton. I think they're very good, but they have played a garbage schedule. I'm looking at the Sagarin ratings right now. East Carolina, who they played last week, 132. Memphis, the week before that, 62. They played uh, uh, Navy, I believe it was, 108. Connecticut, 165. I mean, they have just played nobody. Pittsburgh is the only Power 5 team they played. Pittsburgh's in the 70s in the Sagarin ratings. Can't make a case for them unless you play somebody. It's, and I'm, I feel bad they can't get the games, but... That's where the system sucks, but I, it still doesn't mean I would let them in because the system sucks. Yeah, look, ESPN wants a, a, an expanded playoff. Uh, when I, I mean, they, they, ESPN wants big games, sure, and playoff games are big games. Yeah. And they, if they could get them all, if they don't even have to share them with CBS, even better, right? But I mean, don't think ESPN doesn't want a playoff, or they're in favor of this thing. Um, they also know, contrary to the the most popular lie about a playoff, that the bowl games will die. ESPN keeps buying and expanding the bowl thing because they know they can pop on any two teams at any point and call it a bowl game. And the gambler, there's 2.1 million gamblers that will watch the game. Absolutely. Doesn't matter what it is. Yep. So that's why you have all these bowls. The bowls aren't going to die. So they are in, they would love like a four, they would love a quarterfinal and have, you know, a Friday night game and then go triple header on Saturday, baby. Sure. And bang out a weekend where they are just owning television uh so espn is these guys are, have their own opinions and 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 they're they're fine and they're you know, they're good opinions i mean college game day is a great show yeah. so um they got to get they got to fight to get to the 18 playoff i mean that's it. It, it it's really hard to make the top four now four is easier than two and there were years that i think boise and tcu would have made it outside of the major conferences um, certainly your TCU went to the Rose bowl. They were a solid three. Sure. And I, you know, if it, if they had had that playoff that they played a better schedule or whatever, and, and this is the problem you have, but you got to get to eight. 
you have to break the bowl coalition owning these bowl the owning the playoff controlling the playoff you have to get uh you have to get quarterfinals on campus sites because you can't ask people to travel this many weeks in a row um and that's why the bowls stand in the way because they don't want that that deal right and you got to have uh eight teams the five major conferences get a made get a bid and then you're you're not just writing off the pack and the pack 12 is just written off like they've been just they just were eliminated early and and they don't like the pack it's in the pack 12's interest to do this their Absolutely. season doesn't matter right now and that's a problem and you have five those five and then you have three at large and maybe you have a you just leave them open to debate then all you really got to do is get in the top eight or six or seven makes it a little easier or you even say if you're undefeated you make it i kind of just want to leave it up to the committee but then a ucf's got a better chance to get in i feel bad for these guys they win every game uh but this is the system and so you got to figure out how to get top four and they just don't have the schedule to do it and that's that's tricky but other teams have gotten to that point uh certainly that one tcu team that won the rose bowl i think would have gotten in uh, could have got in yeah definitely and that yeah they, I mean the Boise 2010 team I think was probably the best one but then they lost to Colin Kaepernick in Nevada and that kept them out but they were right there in the mix and if there had been a playoff they would have been in it until that last weekend and that would have been fantastic you know debate and theater and drama uh, so yeah it, it, it can be done but it's really hard and the best way to get in now is to to, to, to change the system to an 18 playoff which would be good for everyone It'll be good for everyone. All right. Speaking of good for everybody, uh, except for the two people who complained about this, um, one of our all-time favorite college football players, Chad Kelly. <laughs> now, he's playing for the Broncos now, but that's all right. We're still claiming him as a college player because he uh, got arrested the other night. He also played at East Mississippi. Last chance you. He delivered two national titles to last chance you, and then they did the documentary, and then they didn't win. And I think they've won them. They won one since the year they weren't there. Um, if you're a fan of Last Chance, you like me, uh, Chad Kelly has. He was in. A, he kind of appeared in in some of the uh, some of the, the season one. Anyway, uh, this is just too good of a rest record. And I, I really thought um, Coach Buddy Stevens and the East Mississippi uh, Community College had really instilled the kind of discipline in them that this would not occur. <laughs> I am shocked that this has occurred after. After having gotten those life lessons, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah the life lessons, I guess, just in uh, was it Scuba, Scuba, Mississippi. I don't know. Uh, obviously, he was at Clemson, got thrown out for I can't remember what transgression, but um, history is repeating itself. Anyway, um, Inglewood Police uh, had this one. This is about uh, Chad Kelly. Uh, upon your upon arrival, uh, contacted uh, Marco Torres and Nancy Lozano. Nancy was holding a young child. Uh, Nancy was seated on the couch just inside the front door while holding the baby when an unknown male entered the residence uninvited and sat down on the couch next to her, mumbling incoherently. <laughs> the unknown man has been is Chad Kelly. Nancy called for Marco, as you would imagine you would if you were just hanging out with your baby. I would think so. Who confronted the male in the living room and hit him with a stick in the upper back as he kicked the male out of the residence. The stick was later identified by an aluminum vacuum tube with plastic <laughs> ends. 
I love that. I mean, you know, you you grab what you can grab, and I guess if the vacuum tube's sitting there, did the job. It got Swag Kelly out of the house, right? Yeah. Uh, Marco wished to pursue criminal charges against Chad. Uh, Chad was taken into custody, uh, and uh, the officers did not observe any injury or markings on Chad's back as a result of being struck with the ma- the vacuum tube. That's kind of unfortunate. Um, as a uh, player unrest goes is, is a NFL quarterback and former, uh, uh, Clemson, East Mississippi and Ole Miss star getting beaten with a, taking a beat down from a, some dude named Marco with a vacuum cleaner. Uh, where does that rank here, Pat? What do you think? Pretty high, pretty impressive. Uh, as we have talked about before, going back to the radio show days and the pre the earlier podcast. You know, NFL quarterbacks usually don't make it to the top by being party boys. They're the, they're the nerds who stay at home and, you know, grind over uh, film and game plans <laughs> no. and stuff like that and uh, report to the practice facility early. And Swag uh, might not be on the right career path there. There were a lot of people in Denver, too, that wanted him to play over Case Keenum a couple of weeks ago because Case was not playing well. This uh, This might alter their opinion, but... The funny thing to me is I remember when he got to Ole Miss and everybody was killing Ole Miss for taking Chad Kelly after he'd gotten into trouble here and there and everywhere. It was He was very much – he was un- misunderstood when he got to Oxford. He was a fine young man. He never had – no, those, those problems were misreported, out of context, overblown. <laughs> so I, I would like to hear what Ole Miss fans have to say today about the latest with their man Swag. Well, let me, let me play defense attorney for, okay. for Swag here. Okay. First off, very likely he went to a dispensary, which was legal in Colorado. <laughs> That's true. All right. This seems like, you know, because he didn't like break in. He wanted to sit on the couch, man. Just want to chill out. <laughs> Need to sit down. He's tired. If if Marco had some Doritos or something for him, we all could have got along. He didn't know. He didn't hurt anybody. He just he just had had enough and needed some couch to chill back on. So, you know, Rocky Mountain High, baby. Second, I think he showed some toughness getting beaten by a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> I mean, it's not Khalil Mack coming down on a blitz, but it shows a little something. You know, you stood in the pocket and took your whooping. Uh, I don't know how long he stood in the pocket. They said they kicked him out of there after that. I don't, I yeah, mean, Marco, I mean, he did a random guy named Marco in Inglewood did get him out of the apartment see? pretty quick. Yeah, I'm not so sure. But maybe he was he was mobile. He's mobile. He can he can <laughs> scramble. <laughs> That's it. Yes, he he can scramble. He did flee the pocket. He evacuated the pocket with alacrity, perhaps. I hadn't thought of the dispensary defense. That's not bad. Although I'm pretty sure the Broncos still test like the NFL's like no. You, it may be legal. Oh, the NFL, yeah. The NFL is completely opposed to anyone smoking any weed. You can take horse tranquilizers <laughs> to get back on the field. Yeah, right. You can smoke fentanyl <laughs> in, the, in the locker room. Mm-hmm. But God forbid you have a pot brownie in Denver. That's right. We don't care We don't care if your li- limb eventually falls off, but nah, whatever nah, you got to nah, do to keep don't. it on during the game is fine. This is really why they, I mean, like he just went in, they just thought, oh, I'm just going to chill out. You know, <laughs> anyway, these things happen. Uh, we have not had a lot of good. The 2018 season has been a disappointment in player arrests. It's true. Step it up, guys. 
I think swag is the turning point. He's he's marking the, uh, <laughs> the turning point. We had to go in. The, we haven't had a good player arrest. Total player mayhem. Nothing good. All right, here's one we weren't expecting. The former president of Iran is apparently a Michigan football fan. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, if you are a, a follower of international politics. And this is a very political show, apparently. We got Carvel, yeah. and now we have uh, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, I believe is how you say it. He is the president... Yeah, he always wore that gray suit. I think he only owned one suit. But beard had the beard uh, going. Yep. He um he, he describes himself on Twitter. Yeah, he had that kind of beard, that Clooney kind of beard. Yep. Didn't going husband, dad, grandfather, university professor, president, mayor, and proud Iranian. Anyway, uh out of nowhere, uh Mahmoud tweets out. Watched highlights of the at you Mish football and at MSU football. He tags him. Yeah. Great effort by both teams. Actually, I don't know if he's a Michigan fan. He's just a Big Ten fan. Maybe. Maybe they get the Big Ten network there. Not cut. <laughs> Tehran. <laughs> Jim Delaney's <laughs> world domination is a complete. Yeah. Can we can we get he's, an outlet in Tehran? In Tehran. He's watching Big Ten and beyond. He might know you. <laughs> I'll give him a shout out on the next show. Shout out on the on the on the network. Who knows? I mean, he's watching. As always, a hard work ethic pays off, <laughs> is what he says. Now, I think he's ready for the playoff committee. <laughs> he is with that kind of insight. I, I is he dissing the Spartan work ethic or is he praising the Wolverine work ethic there? I don't know. It says great effort by both teams. Uh, you're right. Yep. Okay. Semicolon, as always, a hard work ethic pays off. And then there is a screenshot of the game. It's really just them lined up in formation. Anyway, um, I am stunned. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Rarely does something come down the pipe that I was not expecting. So what I want to know is what other world leaders or countries could I could adapt because you got to spin this into some kind of dumb question. So here, here we go. <laughs> Totalitarian regime or not. Yep. Who would like, who would some of these world leaders or countries root for Pat 40? Well, um, you know, first of all, yes, this is the most random football fan of all time. I would say here, <laughs> the former leader of Iran, all of a sudden, announces for Michigan, right? Maybe they got the best fight song and the best helmets. Maybe that was enough. But if you're asking me, I Putin is the guy that just jumps to mind. But I I think Putin's territory has already been taken by Ahmadinejad here because he he seems like a Michigan guy. He seems like a Harbaugh guy. Grandiose, full of himself. Uh, <laughs> you know, no shortage of ego. So Putin, Harbaugh, Michigan, perfect. But we'll I like have to that see one. If there's room on the bandwagon for him. Putin likes going shirtless. Yeah, remember he he's posed on top of like a horse, shirtless, just like Harbaugh <laughs> at that like one of those satellite camps that produced like a bunch of bad players. Yeah, All right there you go. Remember that? Remember the the satellite camp was going to rattle everything. Oh yeah, it was going to ruin college. Football. I think they got speaking. Uh, this is all coming to circles. I think they got one of their running backs who they had to kick off, and it went to the the, the season three of Last Chance You from like really? one of those Alabama camps. It's like yeah, yeah. If Alabama and Auburn don't want the guy, uh, might be something. You know, might not be Michigan material. <laughs> anyway, uh, I like that. I, th I Putin Putin in khakis. We'll see. But sure, I sure sure I think that could go. Um, 
I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to go with uh, China and Alabama. Just ah. zero. We don't care what you think. We are going to – we are winning. Yeah. <laughs> right. We are pursuing our goal without regard for consequence, collateral damage, or public opinion. And what uh, are you yeah. going to do about it? Yeah. You can talk a good game. You can have Jim James Carville snapping around. You can, you know, United States likes talking a lot of smack. But at the end of the day, I think we all know we ain't biting off that apple, man. <laughs> <laughs> There's a billion of us over here. <laughs> More than that. Well, yeah. we are. Yeah, we're going to drive our boats around the South China Sea, whether you like it. And you're just not... <laughs> Yeah. So I think that's Alabama. Just go ahead and stop us. I like it. Okay. I like it. You know, Crimson Tide, Red red Scourge or Red Scare. Yeah, that that, that kind of all works. Um, all right. So who's the United States then? What, what What's our uh, corollary for a football program? I think the United States is uh, we, we are we, we think too highly of ourselves, but <laughs> yeah. we, we are capable when we get it together. I mean, we are awesome. Right. We are the best when we really get it together. We, we, we act out of uh, we self-destruct often out of delusions of grandeur and overconfidence. So I think we are clearly the Texas Longhorns. Oh, perfect. Yes, that's that's a uh, that's a perfect analogy that I can see that completely. Yep. And, and Texas is the state that can contest. They think they can leave the, the United States if they, they can quit. <laughs> they can quit if they want. So and I think that's a little bit U.S. too. We like to quit. <laughs> I always say at the Olympics, there's two types of sports. There's the ones the United States is good at, and then the ones we think are stupid. (laughs) (laughs) That sport's stupid. We don't care about that. And then there's the sports we're good at. That's true. I love it. I love it. All right, what do you got? You got got, got any here? Yeah, I would say uh, just I'm looking actually at the college football statistics right now, and – like the team that is the softest, weakest, like can't stop, couldn't stop a a, a small a, a weak breeze of blowing through the stadium, is Connecticut. They, they're leading the nation in scoring defense, or last in the nation in scoring defense, allowing over fifty points a game. France, the Connecticut Huskies <laughs> are France. Congratulations, oh. UConn. World War World War Two humor. Yeah. <laughs> Never gets old. It was only 70 years ago. <laughs> I can't forgive these guys. Nope. All right. Uh, all right. I'm going to go with um, uh, Wake Forest. Uh, just totally irrelevant football program. They exist. Not harming anybody. They'll win a game or two. High quality of life. Get a good education. Seem like you'll have some fun. Good stuff. Uh, you are uh, Lichtenstein. You're just... <laughs> You got sometimes you're. Oh yeah, Liechtenstein. That place exists, right? Where is that located again? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's very Wake Forest. Yeah, they're not even in Wake Forest, North Carolina anymore. Like even they nope. abandoned the town. <laughs> How bad is Wake Forest, North Carolina? It's actually a nice town, but the, the right the Wake Forest left Wake Forest. I mean, think about that. That's like Alabama, pot. You know, Tennessee. Just saying, yeah, we're not gonna be in Tennessee anymore. We're moving to Atlanta. Like all the kids in Tennessee. <laughs> so Lichtenstein and Wake Forest is what I'm. I don't know if Lichtenstein has a has a uh, a thing. All right, all right. Who is uh, who's Ohio State, Pat? 
Ohio State very clearly is uh, Venezuela. <laughs> Venezuela. Socialist. Hugo, Hugo Chavez and thereafter uh, is uh, just riddled with corruption, and they don't care. They're just kind of rolling with it, you know. <laughs> and that seems to be rather uh, resonant with Ohio State coming out of the August that they had with the Zach Smith, Courtney Smith, Urban Meyer phone police reports, et cetera, et cetera, drama. So it's like, eh, little corruption, no problem. We're still rolling with it. Corruption tolerated. All right. Yes. If you have a, if you have a, we'll, we'll make this a viewer, a listener participation. If you have sure. a, a suggestion on this topic, please tweet us. You can tweet at, at Dan Wetzel or at uh, Yahoo 40. Is it Yahoo yep. 4D or what is it? What's your handle? Yahoo 40, F-O-R-D-E. All right. One of us. Uh, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll read some of the better selections next week. Um, this could also be uh, listener participation here. Uh, the one game this weekend, one of the games this weekend that is pretty interesting, or s- somewhat, is Georgia and Florida. Uh, and that game takes place in Jacksonville, Florida. The cocktail party. World's largest cocktail party. One of the great names for a game. Uh, it is in this era of neutral site games, kind of the one that works. Uh, yep. You know, um, they have done it on campus sites. I am almost always in favor of campus sites because we have great stadiums and great campuses and great environments in in, in college football and the sport. And why play it in an NFL city uh, stadium? However, this works. Uh, it is an impressively drunken affair. Uh, they really do get at it. Um, do you think there is more drinking at this than the Red River shootout? Uh, it's a hell of a question. I've been to both games. They are impressively drunken uh, spectacles. Uh, the one thing, Red River, they go really hard the night before because it's always a yeah, noon early. or 11 a.m. game. Friday yeah. night in Dallas is mayhem. Uh, they can go a little bit different in uh, in Jacksonville because it's usually a 3.30 game, so they got a little more buildup there. So it's just Drunk around the stadium, advantage cocktail party. Drunk around yeah. the city, advantage Red River. I go with that. That's a good. That's a good call. We also got the state fair going on, so they're like some lot, little, yeah. some more kids and other people that yeah, are just right, there, right. not going to the game. Uh, downtown Jacksonville is just like no, no, no sane person would would step <laughs> go anywhere near that. Um, so is there another game? Okay, that could do this, where just they play every year, not just like oh, let's match up two teams. Although I guess we could. Um, but just a, a game that, that would work where, where you'd have, you know, two conference rivals play the same, the game in, in a city and it would, it would maybe make the game actually even better. Pat? Yeah. Uh, I think I would go, I, I, I would go to the upper Midwest because that's where the drinking is really serious. Yeah. And I would take Minnesota, Wisconsin and the Paul Bunyan Axe and move it to soldier field, have it in Chicago they both got a blue million alums down there. Uh, it's fun, fun city. They'd all go crazy, and uh, it would be fun to have that uh, that game there. Now, it would be nice if Minnesota were competitive in it, which they haven't been for the most part. But uh, I think that would be they would they would run the uh, run the city out of natural light and or old style. I believe. Yeah, I think actually that would be great. The bars in Chicago stay open late. It is a drinking town. Soldier Field's right. I mean, Chicago's awesome. You could almost the Big Ten could even like do a rotating like regular season game at Soldier Field or something like, 
like pair. You could almost do it with almost anybody. I mean, yeah, that's a great idea. You know, Iowa, Iowa, Michigan State, or something like that. Just kind of occasionally play play a game there, and so it's like basically once every I don't know what it would be seven years you'd play, and then and then you'd give up a home game once every fourteen years or something like that, and just kind of boom, put a game because you could. Chicago is such a Big Ten town. Uh, I like it. Probably more than any other, maybe Atlanta and the SEC, but for a big city, um, and not just kind of a little, like LA and that, but but Chicago, Chicago would be great. So I, I really like that. Uh, the one I was thinking of, I was trying to put a game in Vegas, but I don't know who to have, like play USC or something like that, because a game in Vegas mm-hmm. every year, particularly when this new stadium comes up, will be pretty awesome. Uh, that would but be great. I would put the Egg Bowl. In New Orleans. Oh, yeah. Now you're talking. Uh, the Egg Bowl <laughs> is unbelievably passionate. Uh, it, it, to a detriment. These schools basically crush each yeah. other in every single way and hold each other back. They're insane. There was a time um, I took my dad once to the uh, the Iron Bowl. And it was in Tuscaloosa. And we were just in the stands. And it started like pouring rain. This was a long time ago. This was before Saban. And all that. And it was freezing and raining and Alabama was winning. And so we just said, all right, let's get out of here and beat the traffic. So we get out and drive to uh, we were going to drive towards Memphis where we're flying out the next day. But we stopped in Tupelo to stay and have dinner. And it was uh, the Egg Bowl then was on Thanksgiving night. Right. So we go to this like family style kind of it had a bar, but it was like a a. I think it was called Vincennes. I can't remember the name of the place. Vincini's or something. I don't know. It's an Italian place in Tupelo. And we're sitting there having our, our, our meal. And there were two. Well, these two guys, these guys, two groups of guys uh, got in a fight. This is a week before the game. Uh, they went outside to settle their different. They were all yelling at each other. <laughs> yeah. MSU and, and Ole Miss. And they went outside and had a fight. And then they came back in. And started drinking again. Nobody, no, no one was ejected <laughs> with each other. Well, at the other ends of the bar. Okay, and, okay. All right, all right. I think they yeah. just don't have some. There's not enough people in Mississippi. You can't be throwing people out. You need the customers. That's <laughs> true. So then they got into it again, and they went back outside and fought again. And then finally, <laughs> one guy. I can't remember all the details. One guy was clearly trouble. And uh, his friends threw him in the back of a pickup and drove away. They got him out of there by throwing him in the (laughs) the flatbed of a pickup truck. And this was the week. This was the game. I remember this. My dad's like loving this. And he asked like one of the women they're with, like, what's going on? And they're like, well, it is going to fight until the Egg Bowl gets here. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. It is. It was five days away. Yeah. They didn't care. They, they, they the team stunk then. This they got good under yeah. Mullen and and Hugh Freeze and all. They they were terrible back then. And we're yeah. like, how could you guys care that much? You're both three and seven, <laughs> but they do. So I and I feel like there's not a Mississippi. There's just not enough people. They don't they don't clash enough. I want fisticuffs. I want brawls. I want like incidents at the Crystal on Bourbon Street where guys are getting arrested. <laughs> I think you put. Old Miss fans and Mississippi fans in New Orleans and all hell breaks loose. I think it'd be fantastic. Yes, it would be all that you would all that you described. It would be 
fights in the streets. It would be, you know, blood in the alleys. And it would be, <laughs> there would be teabaggery at Crystal. So I guarantee yep. it, it would all be happening. So, and uh, that would be that would be fun, fun, fun. All fun. under the premise that we're going to win the New Orleans recruiting market. Like, you <laughs> yeah. know, that's. And, you know, Mississippi, I like Mississippi, going to Mississippi and all that. It's the, the you know, it's a very interesting place. But it's not like your nightlife. Like the family pizza, no. the family Italian restaurant in Tupelo is not where you guys need to be brawling. <laughs> it's just not enough. So, no, you could do it in Memphis, but I feel like that's, I don't know. I just think New Orleans yeah. be better. Yeah, Memphis is is home base for Ole Miss, kind of. You need, you need to take it completely out of that area. I right. think just right. go to New Orleans and. You'd get plenty of both of them there, and yeah, out front of Rick's Cabaret or whatever, they'd be throwing fists. It would be, it would be excellent. They would now, they, you know, I the what you need. You, we need the coaches to crank it back up like Harbaugh and D'Antonio going into that because the fans would take their lead from that. But that would be uh, that's a good one. I propose that happen. That might be good, and like you know, I could see like back. I don't, you know, I don't know about now, but like Dan Mullen would have definitely been like chugging hurricanes after the game on Bourbon. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't want to know what Hugh Freeze is doing. In the- <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, That's for sure. maybe this is a bad idea. <laughs> uh, he wasn't there anymore, <laughs> and uh, I think they probably, if he were, they would have a, like an ankleite bracelet on him by now. He would have been in Rick's Cabaret. His whereabouts? So, yeah. I was just uh, just reading him the Bible. Reading yeah. them the Bible in here. <laughs> All right, that's our. Uh, this was so it's not a bad podcast considering it's a kind of dull week in college football. So I think we did pretty good. I mean, we touched on. We had Iran. We had Berlin Wall. <laughs> we had fight. We're asking for more fights. We. I don't think we talked other than you bagging on on UConn having no defense. I don't believe a stat was even mentioned. That was the only time. <laughs> that's true. We, we successfully avoided actual football talk. That's because Pete's again. not here, right? There's no real football. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, please subscribe. Leave us a good review. And uh, we'll have Race for the Case uh, coming later in the week. Pat and Pete will make their picks. And uh, I also have another. Uh, we are finally going to get this uh, college basketball trial podcast up. Craig Mordock, an attorney in the case. And uh, Notre Dame coach Mike Bray is there. Uh, big comments from both. It's actually pretty good. So, uh, of course, it's good. So, it's the Yahoo Sports College podcast. Uh, talk to you guys later. <laughs> <laughs>